Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live.
there is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 735 of 750. We'll start right after a word from my sponsor. I ain't got no sponsor. <laughs> oh, let's go ahead and get into the show. From the 850 area code, the Emerald Coast side of Pensacola, Florida. <laughs> we work on the man in black making his way to the ring. What's up, Buck? What are you crazy? What's up? What's up? <laughs> Not too much, man. How you doing tonight? <laughs> Outstanding, sir. Outstanding. All right. To the 248 area code, outskirts of the Motor City of Detroit. To welcome on the Chris, what is this? Hey, Q. How are you? I am doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, Buck. How you doing? How you doing, Crystal? All right. Shout out to Love Jim. Hello, hilarious. I got to I got to give a, give a shout out to Crystal and her latest picture she posted on her Facebook page. <laughs> that shit is dynamic. Yeah. This this is yeah. People that don't really you know they just listen to the radio and just don't know Crystal is a fine motherfucker. I just had that. ain't nothing. I mean, and she just she just so she just so casual with it. And I'm just like, you know what? And I meant to say something to you and send you a text or something, and I didn't get a chance to. But I'm going to say it on air. You a fine motherfucker. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, Buck. I'll pay you later for that. <laughs> <laughs> the check is in the mail. The check's in the mail. <laughs> yeah. I can hear the blushing in her voice and her laughter. Yeah. Oh, mm. shit. That's what anyway. that's what. <laughs> Whatever. All right, so we'll you go ahead. You were talking and... about the Medusa picture, well, right? <laughs> I was thinking about that, but I don't think he was talking about that. No, okay. but the thing is, the thing is that yeah. people, you know, a lot of people, you know, we're just radio personalities, but you, sometimes you just got to put that information out there. And I just felt that, felt the need that I think, you know, our listeners need to know. That's what's up. So All right. that's was uh, paint the picture. Get that drop. So, paint the picture. Make make y'all rascals want to come out of retirement. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. The fact that you just said that totally makes me want to come out of retirement. What the hell? (laughs) Well, that's one of the the old, that's one of the, you know, when you married or have a significant other, you're supposed to be retired, okay? So that's a couple. Oh, oh, okay. See, I don't know anything about that. That's that's. That's totally foreign yeah. to me. I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about significant well, others. That's a, that's how we talk down here in the south sometimes. So oh, that's a oh, compliment. Okay. That's a compliment. That uh, is a compliment. Oh, oh okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> we'll go ahead and get started, I think. And uh, I guess we will start it by getting crystallized. It's time to get crystallized. All right, well, um, first I'll start off with a little bit of sad news. I'm going to butcher his name. Um, star of Benson and Soap, Robert Gulliam. Am I saying it correctly? Gui- uh, shoot, I know how to say it until you say something. Robert Guillaume. Oh, Robert Guillaume. Thank you. Thank you. I knew I was wrong, completely wrong. But anyway, um, Yes, he has um, died at the age of 89, which, of course, you know, I'd say a beautiful age, uh, a long life of um, acting and voice acting. I mean, he had two starring major roles uh, in Denson, of course, but of course in Soap, you know, where it's kind of that kind of began. And um, he also did, um, he voiced uh, Rafiki. In uh, the legendary yep. The Lion King, and you yep. know, and I think you know, just amazing. But anyway, he had died today of um, prostate cancer. Um, he's had that, you know, for over 25 years, but he um, finally succumbed. You know, is you know, it's a beautiful thing because you know he had a long life, and yep. um, I I always thought he had like an amazing face. I mean, I'm really into faces. <laughs> I always thought he had just an amazing face, an amazing voice, and you know, he, of course, a great, a great actor. And um, he was the first tenor to sing at the Metropolitan Opera, which, of course, kind of goes to that amazing deep voice that he had, which I love. But, um, but anyway, so we have to, you know, say rest in peace to yet another legendary actor who has gone. Um, from us. And it's a shame because, you know, actors back in the day had to have the three talents. They had to either be, well, you had to be funny. Either you had to sing mm-hmm. or dance. And, you, right. you know, it's like they had so much talent. And this is the guy, he was the first black actor to win um, a lead actor in a comedy series with Benson. You know, mm-hmm. and I think he did what, The Phantom of the Opera? And, mm-hmm. yeah, he was just kind of all over the place with what he did. And it's amazing because a lot of times we get stuck with seeing people on TV and we have no idea what mm-hmm. they do outside of television with Broadway and things of that nature. Well, you know what? You're so right, Hugh, because, yeah, back then, back in the 70s and 80s and maybe even a little bit of the 90s, you know, um, and, and still today, there are actors who um, – who are very much uh, as professionals in their craft. Um, they have gone to school for it, and um, they come out and they, you know, they get different roles, and they they take much pride in their craft as a thespian, you know. So you know they they're really proud of it, and you know, and I think that was kind of the controversy, you know, when all of the reality TV shows came out, and a lot of these people were becoming, as they say, famous for nothing, 
a.k.a. Kim Kardashian, which, you know, of course, was the main one that people attacked. And probably the real reason why people hate her, um, not her fans, but, you know, people in the in show business because of that. Because she didn't really do anything except for be herself. Um, and mm-hmm. and these are people who, who went to school and who suffered and, and, you know, the starving artist kind of thing, and they and they honed their craft as an actor, and it was a big deal. Um, and now it's kind of like, well, these people are getting famous for not doing any of that. But, but still, um, you know, we, we still have to... They have to, you know, honor the the ones who are who have a, a long career, and who is almost unheard of these days as having long careers. So, that's an amazing mm-hmm. thing. So we have to honor. So speaking of not honoring, uh-uh. Harvey Weinstein. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's so, what's so funny? I mean, well, what's going on today is that um. Uh, you know, one of his production assistants, who um, actually is a, one of the ones who's come out, uh, her name is Mimi Halinia, and she has said that she was actually raped by him. Um, and she met him when he she was um, they were working on The Aviator uh, back in 2004, and she worked with him in a cons film uh, festival, et cetera. But the, the thing about um, Harvey, which so many things are coming out about him, but what's, what's really interesting is the fact that in Hollywood, Harvey is not a phenomenon. <laughs> you know, he's not strange or odd or, or one of those, you know, kind of people that came out and was, was doing something, you know, terrible and wrong. I mean, yes, it was wrong, but this was like normal. Hollywood behavior, the things that he did. I mean, we all know the casting couch, which, you know, came out of, what, the 1930s even, 40s? I mean, just ever since Hollywood became Hollywood, there was always this type of behavior from producers, from people who can get you into the business. And what and what's so interesting about it right now, now that I've found, and again, you have to remember, now Mimi has joined over 50 women who have come out to talk about the sexual harassment, Um, and other stars who have come out to say, you know, well, male and female, not just Harvey, but about other people in in Hollywood who have done things similar to uh, what's going on with Harvey, but the thing about it is, this is normal place. That's happening. Has happened in in um, Hollywood, and the fact that um, if you have people coming out saying, "Well, I knew this was happening, but I thought they were just friends, or they were he was actually a girlfriend, or whatever situation," but basically, what it what happened in Hollywood and what continues to happen is the fact that people looked away. They looked the other way, and they allowed this to happen because they figure. This is how you make it in the business. Just to sleep with the producer, sleep with the director, sleep with whoever, and you will get, well, you will get an actual um, 
you become a star. You want to be a star? I can make you a star. <laughs> you know? I can make you a star overnight, you know, and all you have to do is sleep with me or sleep with him or sleep with all of them, and you become that. So, I mean, not to defend him at all, of course, but say Harvey has set um, a precedence. I mean, as far as people finally coming out and saying, this is what happened to me, and that this is normal place in Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, and maybe that explains how Michelle first got her job, but I just feel like the the, the it's, it's just say. I mean, first of all, if someone introduces themselves as "Hi, I'm John Smith, and I'm a producer," run. Right, right. right. Yeah. I know that's mm-hmm. the whole deal. Unless you're actually a producer, yeah. then you better hang out for a minute. <laughs> but it could actually be. I just. I just hate how I just hate how this stuff I mean we we see it all the time where someone is brave enough to come out and then you realize how many other people have been affected that you know didn't have the courage to come out and you you want people to be encouraged to come out because that will cut down on the number of victims you know if someone would have come out right. a decade ago then this guy wouldn't have had 10 years to keep praying because out of the 50 that have come out, you know there are another 150 that won't say anything because they're happy with their life and they just moved on. But Mm -hmm. it's just sad that, you know, this stuff occurs and people like him get away with it. And I thought it was kind of hypocritical how Fox News was (laughs) – talking about how NBC knew about this and did nothing about it, and yet they had right. the grab master yeah. Bill O'Reilly, who just paid someone like $32 million, you know, $32 recently. $32 million. Yes. To keep her mouth shut. Imagine <laughs> if he had 50 women come out on him, he'd be out of a lot of money. So this stuff goes on. I'm glad these people are getting exposed. And I mean, it's just God, 2017. You just think that people will be able to go in and get a job without having to deal with all of this, you know. And I'm not talking about somebody who just makes a smart remark, maybe an inappropriate remark, you know, that may not be all that bad. I mean, of course, it depends on how you take it. But someone who's mm-hmm. actually groping on you. And doing whatever because they feel like, you know what, what are you going to do about it? You know, it's time out yeah. for that type of stuff. And to see, the, right. the, the thing is, the, the thing that makes it so bad is that, you know, it's happened so long where it's become commonplace. But at the same time, I mean, you, you already know what you're up against by the time you start your job. Um, because, you know, people are already – saying certain things that, you know, that you already know that's like, hey, something, you know, something strange is going on here. And, you know, it it shouldn't be that way. And it ends up being that way. And then, you know, you don't know what to say because, you know, you need a job. And you don't want to, you know, you don't want to ruffle the feathers because you're the new kid on the block, so to speak. So it's it's an unfortunate circumstance 
because of the things that are happening at the job. But then, you know, some jobs are like that where, you know, you got to, you know what you got to do to go climb the corporate ladder. You may not want to do it, but you end up doing it anyway. So it's just a, I'm glad that people are getting exposed because this has been going on for a long time in a lot of different areas, not just up there in the, you know, at the high end of things. This happens all across the country. And that's the reason why, you know, it needs to be exposed so that way we can see if we can put a stop to it. Exactly. And I do want to bring up this one point that, you know, she says in the article. On, uh, Mimi has stated that one meeting at Weinstein's um, Soho apartment allegedly ended with Weinstein performing forced oral sex on her while she was on her period. Ew. Wow. <laughs> wait a minute. Ew. Wow. <laughs> wait wow. a minute. Yes. He forced himself on her. He ate her out. Okay, he ate wow. her out while she was bleeding. Okay, think about that for a second. Just soak that shit for a minute. <laughs> Damn. That's wow. Cheap. Right. My boy was hard up for um, that night, wasn't Shit. Well, see, the thing about Maybe. it is, see, that's the problem. You know what? Problem with people thinking that what he was doing and what other men who do um, rape and um, sexual assault said it's about sex. It's really not about sex. The fact that they do it, the way they do it, it's not about, oh, I just need to have sex. No. It is about control. It is a yeah. uh, tool. Sex is the tool that they use to control people because, you know, maybe for themselves, they never had control in their life. It's a, it's a form of a, it's abuse. And instead of using their fist or using a hammer or a gun or whatever, they chose to use sex. Now they and they choose certain people. You know, and he's not going around, you know, trying to manipulate or um, take on, you know, forty-year-old, you know, superstars. No. He wants the ones who are young, innocent, just coming in and don't know what to do. Those are the ones he can control. So those are the ones that he used. So. So it's really sad, you know. Yeah, so check, you know, check out that article. And, of course, the many articles um, just across the uh, web about Harvey and, and the many other people who are coming out. And that's, so Harvey uh, is a, is a rapist? That, He's a rapist and a vampire. He's a rapist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and a vampire. <laughs> my goodness. Absolutely. Uh, well, my last story is about uh, what's trending right now is Chris Brown. Chris Brown's documentary, which is on Netflix that I've been checking out, called Welcome to My Life. Um, so if you have Netflix, all you have to do is click on Netflix and, you know, spin Chris Brown if you don't see it. And, you know, just watch it, a full documentary of his life. And it's just about, you know, his career. And it even talks about um, him and Rihanna. And what everybody's talking about right now, uh, what's trending about it, more so than just about, you know, Chris Brown. And Brown, um, this documentary uh, has, uh, Welcome to My Life, it has a lot of great stars who are talking about how they first 
not just come into contact with him, but just saw him performing. You know, you got Jennifer Lopez, of course, Usher, um, DJ Khaled, um, Mike Tyson, Mary J. Blige, Jamie Foxx. I mean, just everybody talking about how when they first heard him sing or saw him sing on stage, how amazing they thought he was. And this guy, he was only like 14, you know, 15, 16. You know, when he did Run It, I mean, that song, and he was only 16, if that, you know, so hearing him to Michael Jackson. But what they're talking about right now is the fact that in um, in the actual documentary, uh, he talks about what actually happened between him and Rihanna that fateful night where they got into a fight inside of his car, um, and people are coming out to say, yeah, what he's saying in this documentary is true because I, you know, heard about it right as it happened, or I saw it, or I was there, or I was present. People are coming out to say this is what actually happened, and what they're saying is what happened is that Rihanna totally went off wiling out. She started scratching him, hitting him, because of it all started with, I think it was coming from one of the, um, what was it, the uh, awards show, and she was in the car with him. Someone, unfortunately, <laughs> at the time, a girl had texted him, and she got totally pissed off. And they, of course, sure these, and he's Chris Brown, so I'm sure things were happening. Women were texting him or whatever. But um, she went crazy and um, went off on him. And so out of that, um, they said that he, she had grabbed him in the genitals, okay, squeezed really hard, um, among okay. other things that she did. And then he retaliated. And so, of course, as most men know and or say, they say, well, you should never hit a woman no matter what she's doing to you. However, you know, there are some men who have come out to say, well, I mean, if a woman grabs me, I mean, that's a reflex. I mean, damn. You know, so anyway, um, the fact is that people are kind of coming out to say, yes, I, I knew this happened. I knew that the both of them were in the wrong or whatever, that it wasn't just this total victim situation that Rihanna had gone through. But the thing about what happened with Rihanna, she herself never said she was, you know, very saddened about everything that happened. However, her, of course, her people are not going to allow these pictures to be out there and them not respond to it. And, you know, so, and you know, of course, it would make things look worse if he said, well, she was hitting me too. I mean, that wouldn't have went over <laughs> very well at all. So he basically just had to keep quiet and deal with what he had to deal with. And I'm sure he felt, as he had admitted, that he did something really wrong. So anyway, check out the um, documentary, Chris Brown, Welcome to My Life, which is on Netflix. Um, and kind of an eye-opening, but, you know, just into his life. His mother is in it throughout, talking about him as a child and, and this, of course, this thing. And he's, of course, doing the um, tour as well. He's on lots of um, radio shows and, you know, radio slash video shows um, talking about it. So 
And if you want more about um, what's upcoming and what's uh, trending, make sure to go to getcrystallized.net. I'm Crystal, and you have just been crystallized on the Talk to Q radio show. Back to you, Q. All right, thank you for that, Crystal. Okay, uh, we'll go ahead and get into our main topic, 347-202-0215. And we'll talk about dealing with workplace cancer. Now, this is not like workplace cancer, like you catch, you know, something from asbestos or anything. I'm talking about people. Now, first of all, let me say I know that it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and that should be celebrated. And this is a less serious type of, um, I guess, cancer we're discussing, not, you know, necessarily something physical, but more of an abstract sense. And that's workplace cancer. We all have those coworkers mm-hmm. who make our jobs hard, not because of anything that's necessarily work-related, but because of the things that are not. These are the people who are extremely nosy, they're jealous, they're messy, I mean, they only seem to exist just to make your life difficult. So tonight we're just going to kind of touch a little bit on what creates this type of person. You know, is it a bad home life and they come to work angry? They didn't get a promotion, so they want to take it out on others. That's what we'll get into tonight. So I'll jump into the first question. And we'll just talk about, I guess, interaction within the workplace. And Crystal, I'll start with you. Do you expect to make friends at work? Or do you just go there to get a paycheck? I just go there to get a paycheck. Um, I used to um, several years ago. I made a mistake and thought that the relationships that I was building at work were actually friend relationships, true relationships. Now, some of them, granted, have become people that I have, you know, continued with in my life and who are I consider my friends. Definitely, but um, but yeah, I now I don't do that. <laughs> you know, it's a bad situation, and you should really just go in, do your job, and you know, go home and have a real life with your other people. Something, but yeah. Okay, Buck. What about you, man? Do you go to work to make friends, or you go to work to get that check? I go to work. I go to work to get paid. Uh, I, I could care less whether I make friends or not, um, because you know ultimately you don't want to me. You know, I'm I'm actually a fairly private person, um, unless you're in my you know if you're in my inner sanctum, so to speak. But um, I just don't want you know. I don't when you have friends at work, they tend to get in your business, even when you don't want them in it. So mm-hmm. I try to I try to keep work work and you know everything outside of work outside of work because you know you just don't want people to be you know you don't want people assuming anything because assumptions the mother all fuck up so you don't want somebody saying ooh we he dating that kind of person or this kind of person or that person or he's seeing this person that person you don't want to have all that hearsay going on so. You know, if you happen to make a friend with somebody, great. But that's not something that I'm seeking when I come to work. 
All right. I agree with both of you. I think you should go to work. Your priority is to make a make a paycheck. And like Buck said, if you make a friend, great. But um, if you're going to work to make friends most of the time, you will be sorely disappointed. Uh, Morgan chimed in from New York on Twitter, and she says, I'm there to do my job and be compensated for my efforts. If friendships happen, they happen. I'm not looking for it, though. So she's kind of along the lines of what Buck said. But, Buck, let me go back to you for a second. When you start a new job, do people normally approach you for friendship, or is it the other way around? They always approach me. I'm not looking, you know, I'm when I'm work, I'm very work-oriented. Um, um, I typically, you know, when I go to a job, I typically get in management, like, within the first six months that I'm there at every job I've ever been to, simply because I just see things that just don't run well. And, you know, and I'm one that likes a well-oiled machine. So I'm not there to make friends. I'm there to get the job done. And if I see the job can be done better and the person that's doing it is not, no, you know, it's nothing bad on that person. It's just the fact that I'm going to do my very best to make sure I get the job done right. And if I happen to take your job, so be it. But you know, I I'm not going. I'm not seeking out to be friends with anybody. If you're going to be friends with me, great. Like I said, I, you know, they're going to be seeking me out. I'm not seeking them out. Okay. What about you, Crystal? Well, I have to say the same. Um, you know, I never really seek out. I've never been one to seek out friends anyway, but. You know, I think at a job, and I had to learn the hard way, um, that your friendships can, as Buck was saying, can actually, these are, you don't know if this person is actually wanting to be your friend or if they're trying to get close to you in order to sabotage you later, you know, or to use information that they've gathered from you from that, you know, water cooler type of conversations or whatever, and then they use it against you. So um, they go run back and tell the boss about what you're saying or what you're doing or whatever that's personal, but maybe, you know, they can use it. So, yeah, you have to be really careful about that. Um, And also now with Facebook and everything like that, I decided not to be friends with people that I actually work with on Facebook because of the same same situation. Um, I've had I've had friends um, at work that have gotten in trouble because of their Facebook posts. And the first thing I was like, well, wait a minute, how did the boss? Are you friends with the boss? And they're like, no. But how did they get that information? So that was somebody else that you were friends with that you had thought you know was your pal or friend or whatever. And they took it and they used it against you. So it was used against her. And I was like, you know what? I'm never doing that again. That's why I never put now, I never put where I work, you know, on my Facebook page or any right. of my social media, you know, because um, you don't need to know that. If you know me, you know where I work. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and you know what I do and you know all that stuff. It's a need-to-know situation. So you have to be really careful. And it's sad. It really is sad because you spend so much time with these people. 40 and hours a week. It's sad. More. Right. And it's and sometimes more than your actual family. 
so you, it's like it's sad that you can't or that, you know, you can't really get involved with them, even though you're sitting there looking at them every damn day. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like that. I mean, do you believe that work friendships can turn into personal friendships? Yeah. I mean, I've had, I can count them on my hand, but I have had um, friends that have actually that I talk to that I still you know, even though we don't work together anymore, that I still interact with. And people that, yeah, I do count them as an actual friend because they've proven themselves to be more than that. So, yeah, it can, it can happen, just like with anything. It can happen. Okay. Yeah, I think um, a couple of my, you know, best friends are, you know, some a couple of my closest friends are people that I've worked with, you know, for and I've known for, you know, over a decade or so, and um, it can happen. And I mean, and one more question, Chris, do you think there's a difference between guys and women when it comes to making friends on the job? Well, yeah, <laughs> because, you know, guys just want to you know, screw you, of course. And they just wanted to be no, I meant like their I mean, like, guys oh. becoming friends with guys and women becoming friends with women. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think it's just like in reality where you have the differences between female-female relationships and all that and what guys get into. So I think there can be a, a difference just on that general level of how men interact with each other and females interact with each other. I think we're more vindictive only because we're always thinking about, you know, does this girl want to sleep with my man? Or even if he's never seen her before, <laughs> you know, they never met and they may never meet. That's the first thing that a lot, a lot of times women are thinking about. It's true. They're thinking about, can I... Is she prettier than me? Is she whatever, you know? It it comes out, you know, even if you subtly, it comes out very subtly, but mostly women recognize it when it does come out. So we have that kind of a thing. I don't know if men have that. I don't think they do. I could be wrong, but I really don't think they have the same kind of kind of I don't know, attitude as we do when it comes to female and female. No, I don't. Um, what about you, Buck? No, I don't. I mean, <clears throat> I just don't think about those kind of things. But the thing is, is that, you know, yeah, if you're at the workplace, there are some friends, you know, you might, you know, be friends with some people over time. Um, you know, my thing is, if I am a friend of yours at work, it's because you can keep up with me. It's not that I'm trying to keep up with you. Um, and, you know, it's just that, you know, I take take work very, very seriously. So you have to be on my same same wavelength as far as that goes, you know, because I just don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't handle foolishness very well at the workplace. I'm old school because, you know, that's how my mom was, you know, when she was working. That's how my dad was when he was working. You know, so it's kind of rubbed off of me. So, you know, 
I even come off as straight laced, not a partier at work. Um, you know, they think since I'm so straight laced at work that I don't do anything outside of work other than work, and that's not the case. When I'm at work, I just take it very seriously, and that's it. And the ones that know me know that. So, um, you know, like I said, it's just if you happen, if we happen to become friends and we hang out, or you know, we have a house party or something like that, you end up coming over there. Consider yourself privileged if I work with you, um, because that just typically does not happen. Um, because, you know, in all honesty, I don't want any of my work people at my house because you know I don't, I don't, I don't know them. I'm not trying to get to know them in a sense, you know, that way. And it doesn't matter whether it's a guy or a girl, simply because, you know, I just I, when I get off work. I'm not bringing my work home with me, regardless to you know whatever the situation is. So. All right. And I just think that you know, for the most part, you like you said earlier, you have to be careful. You have to be very careful with what you do. And I guess for me, you know, just as far as corporate America is concerned. I watch people. I watch how they interact with other people. Um, and sometimes birds of a feather do flock together, where if you know someone is messy and you see someone hanging around someone is messy, then you got to pay attention to them and, you know, assume that they're messy until maybe proven otherwise. But, Crystal, how do you respond to a workplace friend, quote-unquote friend, who may betray you in some sort of way? Well, you know, I've only um, had that experience after the fact, meaning I didn't find out, you know, um, officially (laughs) until after the fact. So I wasn't, in some of the situations, yeah, I I was completely, you know, dumbfounded. Um, But I've corrected my behavior with that. But, um, you know, the brick in the wall, (laughs) But I, first of all, A, you have to understand the situation. You have to understand the fact that um, we're here for for money. We're here to, um, to, you know, progress our career or whatever. So the people, it's a game in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, there are going to be people who are going to sabotage you, who are going to, you know, use whatever information you give them against you, who are going to do whatever they have to do. I mean, so on the one hand, do you blame them? No. And I learned that, well, hell, don't give them the ammunition. Don't don't talk to them about certain things. Don't say certain things. Um, you know, if you don't talk about how much you hate your fucking job. You know, unless you just really don't give a shit anymore. But, um, you know, don't say those kinds of things. Don't say I'm looking for, hey, I'm, all, I'm online looking for jobs so I can get the hell out of here. You know, you don't say those kinds of things around certain people or anybody, really, because you never know who you're talking to. So basically, I had to learn, don't sure. give them the ammunition because they, they're doing what they need to do in order to progress their situation. So really, whose fault is that in the end? 
because it's not a country club. You know, we're, I didn't sign up to have a good time. I signed up to get paid and to progress and to, you know, build my resume or whatever. That's what happens. I think a lot of times it, with toxic relationships in the workplace, we are we are wrongfully substituting these people for the friends and family and, and love and comfort or whatever support that we should be seeking outside, but you're seeking it inside it. And it's really, you shouldn't, and it's unfortunate, again, because you spend so much time with these people, but you have to realize where you are. You're at work. There's a reason why it's called work. Okay. Very good. The 601 area code, the man on the state of Mississippi. Welcome on the man, the myth, the legend. Up at the Minister of Sexual Affairs. Please welcome Eminem to the show. Eminem, what's shaking, man? What's up, Q? What's up, Radio World? <laughs> Shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> all right, so Eminem, you know we we we've been in the same workplace before, and we've dealt right, with right. some trifling people. Uh, some people are even in the same office as us. But do you believe that some people actually get joy out of making others miserable on the job? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I think that's like the, the number one. Like if, if this shit was family feud, I think that would be like the, the number one answer. Because, you know, other than um, when you're sleeping or whatever, the average productive person don't spend more time at work than they do at home, you know. Uh, so the people right. who get a kick out of, uh, you know, just like uh, you got workaholics, well, you got shitaholics, man, and they, they just get a kick out of, like, okay, shit ain't going right for me or whatever, so I'm just getting a kick out of, um, you know, uh, just just being a agitator. You know, they ain't going to do enough to just go ahead and, get sucker punched or some shit like that. They got sense, but they just do enough to get under everybody's skin, you know, in uh, a perfect uh, topic. You know, they're fucking cancer. You know, shit ain't going to just happen quick, but, you know, shit just grows or whatever. So, um, and the more, I, you know, I just got on the call, but uh, but just kind of picking back and off the, the ending part of what I heard Crystal said, like, you know, the, so the more ammunition that you provide, well, that's their strength. You know what I'm saying? It's like putting gas on the fire. The more shit they know about you, you know, if they don't have your best interest or they just want to get some mess going, well, I mean, you know, the more they know, the more they're going to grow with the crap. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, usually, well, I don't know this data to be, you know, factual, but if I had to say which is more factual, I'd say more women probably do that shit than men, honestly. Men's bullshit on the job is a little bit different. It might be, you know, they've been stealing with you the whole time, but now they're ready to move up, so they rat you out. Like, yeah, you're stealing toilet tissue too, nigga. You know, so now I'm finna move up and be a supervisor. But, you know, <laughs> niggas do that kind of stuff. But women keep all that, you know, who baby is for who, who, who baby ain't this, and who don't look like this. And, you know, that bitch was a hoe in high school, and now she working here, and, Man, I mean, just, you know, usually not if a dude do all that shit. You know, I know they say it's politically incorrect to, 
use the word, you know, faggot, but if I'm saying nigga, goddamn it, I'm gonna say faggot. But uh, I mean, devil's associated with that type of shit. So, you know, I ain't saying there ain't no guys that keep up mess, but like I say, guy mess is a little different. You know, niggas jocking for the same chick they trying to holler at, but it's kind of like understood. It don't really. You know, if your ass loading trucks, you know, he going to load trucks, you going to load trucks. But it's just like, you know, you just trying to hurry him, be the first one to the break room to, you know, to, to, to buy the damn, you know, soda pop before he do. That type of shit. Little schoolboy type shit. But hoes, man, they be on that real shit, man. The stuff that, you know, sabotage, not sabotage, espionage, damn near, man. You know, like setting motherfuckers up, holding shit over people's head. You know, whistle blowing. You know, you know, shit. They sleeping with half of management. The first time they get mad, they gonna rat them out. You know, AKA Fox News. You know what I'm saying? Shit, baby. You know, so it's just, you know, you got that type of drama. You know what I'm saying? You know, they won't just be honest and be free and you know, just pursue it how they should pursue it. You know what I'm saying? Just come out and just say, hey, you know. I'm trying to get this job. I'm trying to get the promotion. So instead of me just bashing this young, beautiful, attractive chick down or whatever, you know, I'm going to just come right out and say, listen, you know, I know time's pretty hard. You spend a lot of time in the office, you know, shit. Can we have this little meeting over here and, you know, you handle your shit, you know, you know, you get what you want out of this shit. I get this promotion, everybody happy. No, they don't want to do that shit. They want to play all this game, go around in circles, keep mess going. You know, little innuendos with all kind of shit. The next day they're mad and just shit just go on and on and on. Now you got other people in the shit, all in the break room talking about the shit, other people getting in the shit, people looking at you, you crazy. And you like, shit, I just saw your ass two days ago. Everything was cool. Now you can't even speak. What's going on? Well, yeah. You know, your Damn. shit. Or your supposed shit done got put out there. That ain't true. You know, there's I, I got to send y'all on at your job. Well, <laughs> ain't shit. Well, yeah, that's the old job. Ain't nothing going on at this shit. School ain't shit going on. Shit, all grown right, people so. in action is a fucking minimum. That's why all these motherfucking fucking kids, you don't see no grown people. They need to have grown people time built hey, into a school. Day. Oh if you watch the news today, they had two teachers at Water Valley High School here in Mississippi, who got arrested for buying drugs from kids. So, they mm-hmm. were born to have sex with kids. Yeah. They buying drugs from them. <laughs> and, see, this is, and see, the people, the people don't realize it. See, people don't realize this. This shit been happening all the time. But the difference oh, yeah. oh, is, yeah. the difference is, social media is out here, and nobody keeps their mouths shut. Because, what happens is they get on, they get, you know, they talking to their homeboys or homegirls or whatever. Man, I fucked that teacher last night, man. That's the same one that my brother got a hold to five years ago. Right. I got it. Well, I didn't make the change of subject. I was just bringing it up. Yeah. Hey, now, true, 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 true statement. Yeah. Now, true statement. But social media went yeah. out then. You know, my yeah. goal was always to nail the teacher, but that didn't happen. But the closest I ever got, man, we um, end up. Filling on and dry humping a damn substitute back when we was, I think, seven or eight grade. Yeah. But, uh, you know. But the thing is, this has been. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Y'all have already taken the show off the radio, and you're talking about dry humping (laughs) teaching. No, what the hell? You just screwed over that shit. 
talk more about that. And it's like I get so fascinated. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm hosting the show. Um, <laughs> he's like, no. I get so fascinated by this. I'm like, how do we get here? Um, so, Crystal, let me ask you this. What do you think creates a person who is a workplace cancer? You know, bad home life, a mispromotion. What, what do you think creates that person? Oh, my God. There's so many things. I mean, you can't just name one thing, but I guess the primary thing would be insecurity, um, not confident in whatever it is that their goals are, and maybe they don't even know what their goals truly are. Um, So that can create a cancer. Um, and, And, you know, people needing to, as I was saying earlier, people needing to find their comfort their friendships, their support um, inside of something that's false. So they want to, since they're here every day, maybe they don't have, you know, close friends or the family is not close enough or whatever the situation, they're not getting it in their personal life. So they try to build it in their professional life and um, they take this stuff too seriously. And, And they can't, and so they get jealous and envious, and but it of course it all stems from their own insecurities. Things, you know, a lot of times those things happen. I think the, and I could be wrong, but I think for me in my experience, the people who are the most vindictive or uh, envious or whatever are people who have been in whatever career, quote unquote, or job for a very long time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they. They've done this a long time, and here come these young upstarts, <laughs> and I was getting the you know promotions or getting who were brought in making more money than they are or whatever. Because that's usually the first thing I hear is, "Well, I've been here for twenty years, or I've been doing this for whatever how many years," and you know here comes this motherfucker. Oh, you know why that happened? That happened because you know he white. Or that happened because she probably sucking his dick. Or that happened because, you know, she's kissing their ass. I mean, it's like it couldn't be because they went to school and they have a degree in this or that they are a go-getter and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing or they're focusing on their job. I mean, who knows? But anyway, um, I find it is usually those people. In other words, people who are bitter, who are angry with themselves about the choices that they've made and – so they're taking it out on whoever they can. And that's a shame. That is a shame, but I, I agree with you. That's pro- pretty much what it is. So, But you have a problem with someone on the job. Right? They're spreading, you know, they, they're putting your information out there, whatever information that is. It may be a lie. But do you handle them face-to-face? Or do you go to human resources and let them deal with it? Go to human resources. Um, you don't want to get emotions involved with your job because you get emotions involved, then things kind of get out of hand. Um, you, you never want a physical confrontation um, with a person simply because, I mean, it's, just, it's not something that you really need to be getting involved with because, you know, then, you know, you're inviting 
outside entities like you may, you may end up going to jail or something like that, getting physical with a person, even though that person may be pushing the buttons to the point to where you might need to get physical. The best thing to, the best thing to do is go to human resources, talk to them, you know, get them to handle situations. Um, because otherwise, you know, you you just don't want to take it in your own hands. It it can very it can end bad for you in different ways other than you know just getting fired. All right, Eminem, what do you think, man? You handle it face to face, or you go to HR? Oh no, nah, I, I go with, with option C, man. You just just laugh that shit off. You know what I'm saying? It's like well. You know, it's almost like a sarcastic, well, you know, screw you. And the reason why I say it's hard to go to HR is not some kind of retaliation fear. It's just a lot of times you don't know exactly who's the exact root of it. You can only sense who it might be because that's how people to keep up mess do. They whisper something to somebody with a mouth louder than them, and then it, it picks up. It, it, it picks, and then, it, you know, it starts taking on life of its own. See what I'm saying? Just like I give you an example now. Uh, this is somebody I know very well. But uh, this young, extraordinary black male had uh, quite a few different females uh, bringing, you know, uh, out of acts of kindness, of course, bringing food uh, to the job. And, man, and then people started, started uh, you know, Hating, you know, um, trying to outdo one another, which is always a good thing. But the ones that couldn't cook or buy shit, well, they started saying, oh, he must be fucking this one, all that kind of shit. I mean, you know, so that stuff takes on little murmurs of it on, you know what I mean? But uh, but sometimes... Yeah, and who is this extraordinary guy? (laughs) I have. uh, Well, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen him in a while. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> but you know, I just I just thought that was kind of you know, kind of humorous at, at how far you know certain you know little whispers and stuff would go. But uh, but obviously it hit management because you know it was kind of funny because like I say, if if you don't take stuff serious, it's almost like like okay, like I'm one of these cats that that would tell anybody, no, nah, aliens is real for real. But it was. So smart how the government did it, because what they would do, they would let a lot of uh, uh, a- extreme jests come out about it, and all kind of little quirks come out about it, and these quirky people to the point where if somebody telling you the gospel truth, it's so many, so much far-fetched nonsense out there, then they ain't got to worry about nobody saying nothing because it's true, but it ain't true because now you think it's bullshit. So. Thanks to Uncle Sam, you know, that that taught me a lesson, like, a long time ago. It's like, if you don't want something to seem like something, even if it is, you make it sound like it's bullshit, and, you know, you make a, your own little spoofs about it, be lighthearted about it, you know, don't be all mad like you about to cry and all this shit. Then half of the time, it'll get brushed off as, as nonsense anyway. And it might be the truth, or it might not be the truth, but it's bullshit. See what I'm saying? So the aliens are making you do it? No, 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 no. Exactly. 
I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, what I'm saying is just like. No, okay. I'm fucking with you. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm just saying. I just, I just, it's. It, 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 it's funny how certain people with absolutely no lives look for the shit that means nothing to bicker about. And uh, I know one time, uh, well, actually, me and Q was both part of this. You know, we were um, basically told on to higher-ups that we were talking about football on the job. I'm like, what? I thought it was a joke. <laughs> you know, I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe that, you know. But, uh, yeah, some people just die for attention. I mean, but the thing about it is, you know, most dudes, we don't think like that. We just like, okay, if you're not interested in what we're talking about, we ain't finna stop talking about it. We're just going to talk about this shit and, like, okay, get in where you fit in or, or just ignore the shit. You know, do your nails or, you know, you know, uh, watch a soap opera or listen to some music or something. That's how guys think. See what I'm saying? Most shit on jobs kept up by female. You know, most of the shit, most of the shit guys do on the job is damage control. You know, like, uh, it's nothing like seeing some, some of that shit. Like, y'all remember on Baby Boy where, oh, man, I feel so bad on this part. Jody, the first friend at his chick's job that he didn't knock off was the one that got him fucked up. You know, she giving her the look like, yeah, I fucked your man, all that kind of stuff. But he didn't even do it. You see what I'm saying? That's, now, that's what you call yeah, bullshit. Uh-uh, uh, okay, okay. He almost did it. He was fucking there. He was almost taking uh, his shit no, off. Oh, man. He that, that would have did it. He, no, that was some he bullshit was right there. No, he, no, was very, no, no. he was very honorable. You know, he was just Honorable? Like, and what did he go over there for then? Well, I mean, he can't look like no uh, once again. You know, no no disrespect anyway, to the rainbow coat, but... He can't look He's like no. If you're a straight man, He's no yeah. But if you're a straight mm-hmm. man, it's a certain thing. It's a certain way you got to do it. It's almost like, well, it's like you can't just make it seem like you just no man at all, you know. But you just have to say, you know, well, hey, you know, blah 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 blah. But why you, you know, you know, kind of had to do it on the movies or whatever, you know. See, if he had people, just. If he had told her that shit in the first place, she would have been like, she wouldn't, she wouldn't even gone after her. She'd just been like, oh, whatever, and then yeah, just he kept was, going. But since he came to her house in the middle of the night, he got undressed, got the whole, got the fireplace going, the candles and shit. I'm fucking almost sucking your dick, and then you are gonna say, oh no, no, I can't do this, nigga. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree uh-uh. on that one. I, that's that, some that was my reaction. Right there. That was that's my reaction. Bullshit, it was, right I didn't say it loud. That I was, was his like, fault. Damn. That was his fault right there. That was his fault. I was like, damn, boy. Because my thing is, oh, man, my favorite of all was, man, this is like a, <laughs> this should have been a, a, a Oscar next to uh, some Michael Beach roles in the past. But uh, on Idris Elba on Obsessed, man, that was, my thing is, if you're getting harassed like that on a damn job, you might as well. I mean, because, see, the damage going to be from nobody's going to believe you, first of all. If you're a straight man, nobody's going to believe you. It's almost like horrible, horrible bosses or whatever with the, you know, 
the scene with the damn dentist or whatever. I mean, man, you might as well because it's going to be, nobody's going to believe you that you didn't go through the act. You see what I'm saying? So, and a lot of people play into that kind of exactly. stuff. Like when 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 uh when, when people find out different jokers is called a preacher or whatever, they start fucking with them because they know that even though in many cases, not all, that some of the guys might resist whatever, nobody's going to believe them because they're going to be looked at as like, oh, man, I used to roll with this nigga. I know he hit that. And they know that. You know, so then you got a choice. You can be like Michael Jackson, just pay a whole bunch of motherfuckers for nothing just because you don't want to just deal with the court case and go to court. So you say, hey, here's the damn money. Now, I'm broke. I ain't got no fucking money. So we're just going to clown act the fool. Bitch, I ain't touch your motherfucking ass. You know, just acting ghetto. But if you had some money, you just be like, hey, man, shit. You know, I lose more money going to court than fucking with your ass. So, hey, these ain't my babies, but shit, I ain't going to court with your broke ass. So, here. You know, so they, you know, they play that game. Okay. Um, I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's the same thing in the workplace, but more like a workplace setup. I guess we kind of ventured off into a workplace setup, which is still considered hate. Workplace okie doke. Uh... Yeah, 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 because you're still trying to destroy a coworker's something. You know, they're. Yeah. Engagement, their happiness, whatever it is, you trying to that person is trying to do something. Yeah, I get you. And then Eminem and I dealt was one of the worst ones uh, back in our day, working together. I mean, this lady hated on us nonstop. Oh, this is right. country as she wants to be, and uh, she's cracked me up when she she wouldn't say something more smaller. She says littler. But um, anyway, let me get into the last question <laughs> of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal, let me go to you. Crystal, what do you do when the workplace cancer is your boss? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I had a firsthand situation with this, and what ended up happening is I ended up leaving. Okay. That's, I mean, and I was not the first person who have done that. But, um, well, actually, I didn't, I sort of ended up leaving. I was out on an FMLA um, for a while, family leave, act, blah, 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 medical. Um, I left, and then I just didn't come back. You know, basically, after that. So I guess it was kind of leaving. But, yeah, um, when it's your boss, there's really nothing you can do about it while you're there. You have to accept it. I mean, there were a few times where I would challenge her that she was fucking psychotic. I mean, I'm talking seriously psychotic. She needs medication that she didn't take, that she should have been taking. I mean, this is some serious shit. So, but however, I don't know if she was licking the pussy of the administrator or not. Wow. But for some reason, no, I'm serious. For some reason, this woman would allow people, I mean, major people to leave. This was going on long before I had gotten there. Um, And I heard about it because I was like, why is this so crazy? It's like, oh, 
like, you don't know the half of it. So, but, but anyway, so she was still there, and um, she allowed people to leave, and this person was crazy. She was so crazy that the administrator, you know, who was the boss of everybody, and and she would tell her to stay at home when our major corporate VPs would come down. Um, she would say, oh, you have to, she either has to stay at home that day, take a day off, or she would send her somewhere, like out in the fields or something, um, in order, because the, the corporate people didn't like her. Now, see, now, someone this toxic that you have to literally send them away when the corporate people okay. come, why in the hell would you keep this person on? So, but anyway. She had to, um, she had it was, to be white. It, oh, yeah, she was. Um, they both were, of course. And anyway, but, yeah, that's, um, that was a horrible situation. So when when I came time for me to come back off of my medical leave, you know, I really was like, you know what, I I don't want to do this anymore. Is she hey, still I'm, there? I'm laughing because I can't count the time me and Q done coded people that bullshit, and we knew that they was come and gone. Yeah. yeah. It's horrible. It's just horrible because there's really nothing you can do except for make a choice. Do you want to go back? Do you want to, you know, deal with it every day, or are you going to leave? Because obviously hey, that, they're not leaving. There's nothing. Yeah, that, that should be. Uh, and it, I'm I'm being serious. That that might be something you could, uh, you know, write a book about. You know, just like the 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 bullshitness of uh, these open door policies that companies have that don't exist. You know, because if your damn superior is the one that's full of shit, then pretty much all you can do is quit or, or flip out on the job. I disagree with that because I actually had it happen to me too um, where my boss was, she really was psychotic and she was bipolar, whatever you want to call it. And um, it got so bad, you know, it wasn't, we actually did a group, uh, everybody in the office, um, we actually recorded her in the act where she would call and leave messages messages on her home phone. We recorded it and we sent it in to our district manager because uh, we had been complaining to our district manager about what was going on. We called our HR department, which was in Tacoma, Washington. Um, they really couldn't do anything, even though we, they would document it. But the only thing they would do is just document it. They wouldn't send somebody from HR from way up there down. The only person we could, they would tell, they would refer us to the district manager. And it was up to the district manager to figure out what to do about it. So he told us to record her in the act. And um, all of us did that because she, she she would be fine one minute and belligerent the next. And we turned it into our district manager. And the, when we, we all turned it in, we wrote notes, letters, you know, t- explaining what happened. And we, we have um, recorded evidence. Gave it to our district manager, and they, she came. He came in and fired her. It was the best thing that ever happened. I mean, we had gone through it for months. Uh, some of us a couple of years, and um, but the numbers were good, and that was the only reason why she was still there. So but y'all the was were keep, good. y'all was keeping her up because y'all was good employees. So the numbers was going to exactly. Stay high. Yeah, that's now that's yeah, because there was a, we had to have a we we had to maintain a thirty two percent margin. And we were we were maintaining a thirty five percent margin, so you know we get bonuses every month. 
the, all the employees in the offices get bonuses if you if you got above thirty two percent. So as long as we were we were getting bonuses every month, you know, the district manager was like, fuck it, we don't give a damn how 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 she right. you bullshit. Shit, we don't give a damn. You she don't understand. Whip on y'all ass. Y'all making the numbers. <laughs> it don't matter. Yeah, but we had to make him understand that hey, this bitch, you know, we ready to kill this motherfucker. So you better come. You better we you better do something about it. And then he started coming more often. Is what the first thing happened to try to catch her in the act, and he was able to catch some of the outbursts. And once he started catching the outburst, everybody was complaining. He said, record her, and then I'm going to have you write letters, sign off on it, and if everybody in the office agrees, we'll fire. And that's what happened. And it wow. took. It, it was not wow. something that happened overnight. It took about four months of pure hell dealing with this crazy bit. We finally got our ass fired. And it was, I mean, then the office started running smoothly. The numbers even got higher because you know don't. That, that's so, some rare stuff, man. Because most of the time, it's very rare. It's just it's the opposite. Rare. Most of the time, if you hear about somebody getting fired, it'll just be like a mass amount of people just quitting and leaving. And um, then it kind of catches people's attention, like, okay, why are these people leaving? You know, this don't seem right. And then they kind of investigate, but as far as that part goes, you have all these good, in some cases great, employees who done, you know, happy trails your ass out the door, (laughs) you know. Well, people have to understand and realize, I mean, in a situation like that, I mean, a lot of people just keep their mouth closed because they want to keep the job because, you know, it's how they, it's their livelihood. But every once in a while, you got to stand up for yourself and, yeah, you have to be careful who you talk to because you, re- you really don't know how high up you really need to go to kind of get over that layer, so to speak, because you don't know who's friends with who or what have you. But sometimes you got to take a chance because if you're doing everything right at the job and this other person who may be your boss is a fucking idiot, you got to do something about it um, because ultimately – you know, you don't want to lose your livelihood because of something this person said. Sometimes you just have to say, look, you know, enough's, all, enough's enough already. Let yeah. me show you what the right. person is doing. Yeah, yeah man. And I, that's something you got to I remember about. one time, um, and this, this is some of that workplace crap, how it, and this kind of hits the point about people knowing your business. Shit. Uh uh, this one I was working fast food years ago, man. Still in college and shit, man. And and one of them somebody told the damn district manager, who really didn't even know me. I was just real good, you know. And uh, they like, man, uh, yeah, man, that dude, you know, he got a a, a kid on the way, another kid on the way, or some shit. And uh, man, they found that shit out, man. All of a sudden, they started having me closing every weekend. So almost like, oh, we got this nigga. He can't quit, you know. Well, I'm just like, damn, man, who done told this motherfucker this stuff, you know? Because when they found that out, I knew they, I kept saying, man, why did schedule change all of a sudden like this? And then, you know, one day the the, 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 the regional manager was in there. I think they was getting ready for some inspection. You know, fast food always had them damn pop-up inspections and shit. And he was like, uh, he said, congratulations. I just kind of looked like, well, thank you. Like, well, how in the fuck you know that? Man, like, damn. 
y'all done took up here. And I ain't saying nobody meant it in no harmful way, but I'm just like, some shit, you just don't, you know, well, some stuff is better coming out that person's mouth. You know, somebody tell you something, they ain't for you to tell everybody, God damn. Especially if somebody yeah. going to use it as leverage over your ass, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, leverage right. is a good thing if it's a guy doing it. You know, a straight guy doing it sometimes ain't that bad, but uh, <laughs> but it don't feel good when it's you know when there's other people doing that shit, man. It's like, damn, this shit ain't cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, I appreciate that. And uh, all right, so I mean, like I said, you know, we 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 deal with this on a regular basis. Some people more than others. Some people have had it cost them their job. Um, some people may have even gone to jail behind it. They started fighting on the job, but you have to be careful about the people you give information to. If you don't give them information, then all they can do is lie. Okay. You can't do anything about a lie, but I mean, don't put your business out there and get mad when someone spreads it. Okay. Because the only people you should trust with your personal information are your friends and families that you feel like can keep that stuff in house. And we got to watch them sometimes, but, um, you know, just try to make sure that you're very selective about the people you deal with at work. And no one's saying go to work. Don't speak to anybody. Stay in a corner. You know, you still want to be cordial and, and get along, but you don't have to just take it to that next level to where you're discussing things outside the job, you know, unless you really use some discernment. All right. Uh, let's see. Zone coverage tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern. So we'll talk sports tomorrow. It may be 30 minutes late, um, but, I mean, during a happy hour tomorrow with someone from out of town. So if, if I'm going to try to get everything back on time, but 9 p.m. tomorrow is the scheduled start time. Was on coverage and T2Q will be back next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, final thoughts? You can give your final thoughts on dealing with workplace workplace cancer, and also give your opinion on something that happened about a week ago, where the Boy Scouts of America said they're going to let girls, you know, into the Cub Scouts starting next year. So you can comment on that if you want. They got the acceptance of gay, transgender, and now girls can be Boy Scouts. Uh, so final thoughts, and Crystal, I'll start with you. Okay. Um, well, good show. Uh, interesting topic regarding cancer of the humankind. Um I would say that regarding um, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's it, it, those are lines that really don't need to be crossed. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, okay, everybody knows I'm a feminist. Okay, there it is. So, but I really do think there are things that boys need to have that camaraderie, and they need to learn and grow around other boys. Same thing with girls. There are things that are just female-oriented um, and vice versa. I, I really don't see any reason 
why the Boy Scouts can't say the Boy Scouts, just boys. And and I'm sorry, that includes whatever gender you decide that you're going to be um, naming yourself as. Until you get a penis, uh, then you're, and even then, you're still a girl, but actually, um, you, just because you have a penis sewn on you does not, or you made your little clitoris to grow, does not mean you're a boy. And that's another topic. But mainly what I'm saying is I don't think that that should be um, filtrated and vice versa. So you're going to have boys becoming Girl Scouts because they're gay or and gay and effeminate gay because there's several types of gay guys. They're not all effeminate, actually. So... Uh, I mean, I don't know. I just think just leave it. Just leave it alone. I think it's ridiculous, and I think there's no reason for it. Just leave it. So, you know, that's that's my whole thing on that, because when I heard that, I just thought that was, like, we're really going over the rim here. I mean, leave it alone. So, anyway, um, Look forward to your little topic next week. Um, and Probably have um, a guest next week. I'm trying to work on something. Okay. Okay. Well, that's All right. Well, um, look forward to that. And um, good to hear from Eminem. Uh, of course, and Buck, who, you know, keeps the main <laughs> stay here with me. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that Eminem was able to... You know, because I know you have to do the schedule, football, and everything. Um, it's a lot. So. Good to be back in the house. <laughs> oh, good. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> and uh, Eminem, go ahead. Oh, Oh man, great show! Uh, great getting a little time to squeeze back on here, man. Uh, shit, but uh, man, that that messed me up with that shit about the Boy Scouts. I heard about that last week. Um, this is a pure attack on the fabric of America. Now, all these damn apple pie eating motherfuckers that's, that's that's ready to hang Kaepernick for you know taking a damn knee and all that stuff. Nah. That's a protest for an uh, a situation, you know. You, what can be said about attacking? I mean, Boy Scouts of America is America's again. I mean, that's like that's like something that's just purely American. So I don't even know how this shit passed. You know, I don't know how Trump let this shit pass. I don't know how. I, I don't know how that even. I mean, across party lines. I mean, I know this is a, a non-governmental entity, but I'm just saying, like, not in the last 25 years, but uh, probably from 1985 and back, I mean, Boy Scouts was almost like a precursor to being a military person or police or something like I mean, you just taught those core Values and all that stuff. So to sit here and let something like that so asinine pass, you know, I, I'm just shocked that you know because 
you know how, <clears throat> and I, I, I'm going to make sense out of what I'm saying if I'm losing you. I'm going to bring you back home. You know how you rile people up and you start talking about some kind of gun control or whatever. But 99% of people who are really adamant about NRA and all that stuff like that, most of these motherfuckers have been Boy Scouts and stuff. So how in the hell they let this pass where they grandchildren will be sitting up there with these damn nine-year-olds with titties and all this shit. Man, I don't understand where that shit came from <laughs> and how it passed. You know, somebody needs to to, to, to hit you up on 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 the uh, on social media because I know they're scared to call in and just say like I just want to seriously hear from a perspective of somebody who come from a diehard, you know, specifically someone in the south more like how did that even pass because uh with with with, with uh with, with, you know me you and buck you know born and bred in the south in mississippi that you know we we are used to people just being firm in what they believe in whether you like it or not they don't give a shit so i'm saying what happened with the boy scouts who gave in you know they don't give a fuck about getting sued about uh the flag or or, uh, you know, you take the damn National Guard to integrate Ole Miss and all this shit, and how in the fuck they give up on the Boy Scouts? Shit, these motherfuckers ready to go to war f- f- for for not having a weapon being automatic. So you're going to let the damn Boy Scouts have chicks in it? You know, that the boys ain't sleeping with? They just Girl Scouts wanting to be boys or whatever? I don't know. Shit, what kind of stuff is that? So, uh, uh, America, we're a sick puppy. You know what I'm saying? We really have to reprioritize because the children are the future, man. Ain't no fucking, you know, Afro-wearing, you know, former good player taking a knee or, you know, some motherfucking automatic weapons. The fabric of America is the damn children. You know, where are you? I'm calling you out. You know, all these people who eat, you know, apple pie and, fly the flag every day and all this stuff is like what happened how y'all let this happen you know shit so uh i don't know that that's just real baffling to me uh the workplace man like i say you got some some people out here you know it's kind of like a uh and i hate to throw all cops in one category but so many cops i put it like that are guys who might have been picked on in high school or never could get a date so they they just want to just you know, get a little power and throw their weight around and play Mr. Tough Guy and all that shit, you know. So I think that's what happened to people in the workplace. They they um, they find pleasure out of bringing other people down because something might have not went right in their lives, you know. You know, they seeing where, you know, uh, you know, somebody in your family just graduated something and, you know, two people in their family just went to jail, so they sit there. They want to put some dirt on you, some kind of way. I mean, I mean, I don't understand that shit. Because my thing is, if you have a life, this this, this is a universal truth. If you have a, a remote life in any type of way, you don't have time to bring nobody else down. And it ain't got nothing to you, with you being a devout nothing, Christian, Muslim, Jew. What it ain't got nothing to do with religion. If you are preparing to take your ass to work to go to work, you ain't got time for no shit. You know what I'm saying? If you're preparing to, you know, when you say, damn, when I get out of work, man, I got to go wash my damn car. I got to do this. I got to go pay some bills. I got to squeeze my ass in the bank before they close. 
Who has time to go to work to start a bunch of shit? And why do you want to start shit at your damn job? That means absolutely nothing. These people are sick. You know, these are the people who have probably the profiles of people who probably will shoot up the damn place because they are fucking with people for absolutely no reason. You know, some people just like attention. You know, I love attention. I mean, I love it. I mean, I have to be the center of attention, but I'm not trying to pull nobody else down because I don't care about nobody else. You know, I my mentality is if I get somewhere, shit, I'm going to get the attention anyway. I don't, I don't need to talk about everybody else for what? You know, and I like talking about people just to fuck with them, you know, just to get a reaction, but it ain't serious. I ain't trying to make you lose your job and all that shit. Because moving up to me means just just making more money. Hell, I, shit, I can stay in the damn mail room. Just pay me, goddamn. You know, uh, you know, let <laughs> shit, uh, uh, like I did in the 80s, man. You know, shit, people selling dope out the post office, shit like they never advanced. They so damn happy down there whistling shit, throwing letters everywhere because they moving dope. But, uh, you know, I'm just saying it's a trade-off. You got to find happiness in something you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Find a hobby or some shit. Learn how to knit. You know, hoes don't want to do nothing no more. They don't want to cook. They don't want to <laughs> stitch or none of that stuff. So they want to, you know, <laughs> just go to the job and start a bunch of basketball wives stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's bullshit, you know. So, um, you know, and like I say, most time with the guys, it's more of a, you know, just – you know, just 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 a bunch of schoolboy stuff. You know, ain't nothing like watching grown men salivate over some chick they ain't thinking about neither one of their ass, and you know they make a fool out themselves trying to impress. You know, that's that's kind of funny. You know, but that's that's like kitty stuff. You know, it's, it's but that shit women be doing the shit to fuck everybody up. You know, and I can't stand a woman in management, man. I hate that. You know, put a man over me because even if I don't like the motherfucker, you know, number one. He ain't going to be, if he's a straight man, he ain't going to want to be around you too much. One thing about males, that's why they call it male bonding. If we don't have nothing to bond about, if we're not talking about shit that we got in common, well, most of the time, most guys just going to nod ahead. You know, good day, you know, shit, everybody going about their way. Women sit up there and talk in each other's face for a damn hour, and then as soon as the chick walk out of the room, I can't stand that hoe. Like, damn. You know, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I guess battle of the sexes, goddammit. I don't know what the hell that is. But, uh, you know, but what? But I know that buzz about to come, but but now. One thing, one thing that would definitely, you know, I, I believe in, like, literally coming across the aisle. You know, one thing that, that can kind of unify this workplace nonsense and people bring people down and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? You got to make love, not war. You know what I'm saying? So, Love on the job, in a financial sense, is one of the greatest feats you can ever accomplish. You know what I'm saying? So basically, call your congressman, write your senator, 1313, let's make America great again. Let's reshape this motherfucker back to the way it was supposed to be from the very root. Free enterprise, you know. Your ass, my prize, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate that dissertation, sir. <laughs> now I have the dubious task of coming behind this bastard. 
Yeah, and tried to straight and try to put this joker back on the rails, but I know we derailed the track and jacked up. But that's okay. Yeah, you got to figure yeah. that out. But, but go ahead and shut it down. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of truth to what he said in 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 that dissertation. But you know, you know, getting things kind of you know, we have to understand and realize when it comes to Boy Scouts, it needs to be Boy Scouts. Okay. Um, uh, we're making a mockery of this country. We're the laughing stock of the world right now because of some of the choices that we're making, uh, and, and we got to make some changes. And the re- we, you cannot. I mean, what we're going to do next? Put transgenders and boys in Girl Scouts. I mean, if the Girl Scouts going to stay the same, then the Boy Scouts needs to stay the same. Um, you know, these are things that we need to look at. Um, you know, it, it's you know what we're going to start having transgender bathrooms for boys and for uh, when they switch up. Uh, it's you know where does it end? I mean, there should be some. There should be, you know, back in the day when we were coming up, there were unwritten rules about certain things. They were just commonplace. We didn't make fun of anybody or anything like that. We just you know it was unwritten rule. We dealt with it. And that's it. You know, and I think it's, you know, somewhere those lines got blurred where, you know, it's just like everybody's complaining about so many different things because, you know, everybody wants to be accepted, okay? I get it. I understand it. But there's a certain thing you just don't touch. Um, We in this country are worried about things that we really shouldn't be worried about. Um, We think about yeah, you disrespecting the flag. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're not liking our president. I mean, it goes on and on and on. But in order for these things to get get the ship back up right the way it's supposed to be, then we need to get rid of the clowns that we have in our, in, in our political offices and put the right people in place. And we also got to look in the mirrors, too, because we're part of the problem. Um, a lot of people don't want to, you know, realize that and understand that, but a lot, of, a lot of times we're part of the problem too. So it ain't just, you know, it's not just political people or people we have and, you know, whoever your boss may be or anything like that. Sometimes it's us too. So, you know, the change starts at home first, and then we can work on it as as we go forward. Um, so, but the, getting to the... You know, cancer in the office. Um, you know, my thing is, I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't necessarily have to make friends when you go to work, but at the same time, if there's somebody that's, you know, screwing with you at work and they just keep doing it, don't just sit on the sidelines. There is things that you can do. You just have to figure out how to do them. Because, um, I mean, ultimately, that's your livelihood. And that person that's screwing screwing with you at work is taking food out of your, you know, off your table, out of your mouth, gas out of your car to get to work. Um, And when you're not bothering anybody and they're doing that, something's got to be done. You ain't got to be a tattletale or anything like that. You just have to be truthful about what's going on and set the record straight so you don't get messed with. But great show as always. Glad to have Crystal and Eminem on. Uh, Eminem, you missed the beginning of the show because I was messing with Crystal a little bit. But um, 
it was a good messing. It wasn't it wasn't a bad messing. I was telling I was giving her a compliment, but it was the way I gave her the compliments. It was kind of cool. But anyway, great show as always. But um, everybody enjoy the rest of the week. It's not going to be on zone coverage tomorrow. Those are the, those are we'll chop it up tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you, sir. I don't know how long I'll be able to be on, but I'm I'm definitely gonna fly in literally. <laughs> All right. Well, you are flying high since y'all got the best record in the National Football League. Oh, right yeah. Now. You got a reason to be flying. That's right. Injuries and all, we still flying. Yep. You're doing you it now before that five game losing streak. New way. I appreciate you all coming on. Eminem, glad to have you back in the mix. Crystal Buck, I appreciate it as usual. And, um,. Mm-hmm. Follow me on Twitter at Talk to Q. That's Talk the number two Q. And also, like I said, I want to make mention again. This is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. October is, and so by no means at discussing workplace cancer. Do I want to minimize that? I want to make sure everyone is aware um, and try to do their part, participate in the walks, donate, do whatever you have to do to ensure that you prevent breast cancer. A lot of you know, if you listen to the show or know me personally, I lost my wife to breast cancer. Um, it'll be five years in, um, in a couple of weeks. And so this is something that hits home with everyone. We all know or have had a loved one or someone who's been affected by breast cancer is very serious. Okay. And so um, just be sure to keep that in mind. And again, I just want to say that, you know, don't let the, let, I don't want anyone to think that the title is taken away from um, something a lot more serious than just someone at work who's getting on your nerves. All right. So do what you can to participate. Like I said, in the walks, there are seven days left in this month. Wear your pink, do what you have to do, and make sure you, you know, do get your checks done. Self-check. Um let your man check, you know, however you want to do it. Just uh, make sure the tie-ties are safe. So go to TalkToQ.com. You can sign up for my email newsletter to find out when the show is going to air. Because, heck, half the time I don't know these days. <laughs> uh, yeah, and everyone have a great week. If you're not going to participate tomorrow in Zone Coverage and Sports Talk, and we'll get back with you next Tuesday. So, Peace out, and we will talk to you later. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World?
a show that people are supposed to get their opinion and tell what they think. But I, the way he was saying some of it, it was ignorant. And I'm going to call it how I see it. Cancel this bitch. I buy a number. <laughs> oh, my God. Sweet.